To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is uh, mostly from the gospel for this morning. You heard it read before from Mark chapter 7. Some people brought to him a man who was deaf and who also had a speech defect. He said to the man, Ephetha, which means be open. At once the man could hear and talk normally. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, at whose feet we sit to listen to the only way to eternal life through his blood and resurrection, my beloved. Only several weeks now ago, I went to the state fair, went twice. And uh, in my little uh, carrying kit or whatever, I always carry these. Uh, these are earplugs. Uh, you know how some loud, loud how the bands can get there, you know? So um, I almost wants to break your eardrum. So what you do is I take out my little uh, earplugs and you knead it around and twist it around and compress it and you put it in your ear and then it reinflates. And if you do it in both ears, you really can't hardly hear anything. It always amazes to me uh, how uh, when you go down to Summerfest, I haven't been there for quite a few years, all the young kids are wearing earplugs around their necks. They come here to hear a band and they have to use earplugs because the bands are so loud. Now you have to be kind of careful with these earplugs because if you put them in both ears, you can't hear your wife either. <laughs> and um, my next door neighbor, uh, whenever he cuts the lawn, he always wears his earbuds in their music that drowns out the, the motor noise, you know, and then he can also listen to music. Uh, if you go to uh, Billy Mitchell Field, you'll see that the guys on the tarmac are always wearing those uh, headsets that drown out the jet noise. So sometimes we actually have to plug our, ear, our ears to protect them. But sometimes our ears get plugged and we don't want them to be plugged. Uh, my sainted mother-in-law one time uh, became deaf, and we wondered what was going on. We had to take her to urgent care, and she had so much earwax built up in her ears that she went deaf. And, of course, they removed it, and then she could hear once again. Some people are subject to ear infections. My youngest son had to have three ear surgeries. Finally, they actually had to graft skin onto the, uh, the eardrum. He still has hearing loss today. People that are completely deaf lose that uh, enjoyment that most of us have, and they can't enjoy, for instance, the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra or even listen to the birds chirp. That was the problem of the man described before us in Mark chapter 7. He had a disability. He was deaf and he was mute. I don't know if he was born that way or got a disease, but you know how that is with deaf people who are really deaf and have been deaf for most of their life, if not all of their life. They usually can't speak also because you have to hear yourself to be able to hear how the sounds come out of your mouth. So we're going to consider this miracle of Jesus hearing, uh, healing the deaf mute. 
And uh, I hope that these words before us this morning remind us that when you have a need, go to Jesus. Now, we also want to take a look this morning as to why Jesus exactly did this miracle. And then the words before us also remind us that when Jesus speaks, listen carefully to his directions. And so there was this deaf mute. And, of course, Jesus went around the Holy Land and he healed a lot of people. And it says that uh, these friends of uh, the deaf man brought them to Jesus and begged him to heal him. Now, it could be that, you know, if you were deaf and you couldn't speak and you wanted some help and you went up to somebody, how would you make known what you wanted? And so the deaf mute's friends brought him to Jesus and begged him to heal them. Anything in your life right now that you need help with? Last couple days I've been uh, suffering with a little bit of some kind of bug. And I said, oh my goodness, I told my wife, it's a church picnic, I gotta be healthy for the church picnic. And so I prayed and here I am, kind of a miracle this morning. We have heard and seen so often in Holy Scripture, what Jesus can do. And yet, when we need help so many times, you see the doctor, you see the lawyer, the banker, the broker, your brother, the alderman, and when all else fails, hey, try Jesus. Now, I know you can't see him, and that's sort of the temptation, not to talk to him because you can't see him, but believe it, he's here. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus, I will do anything you ask the Father in my name so that the Father will be given glory because of the Son. If you ask me to do something, I will do it. The Lord's eyes are on those who do what he approves. He hears their prayer. When we go to the Lord in prayer, he promises us that his ears are not plugged. He does hear us. He hears and he will answer. I was thinking of uh, one of the devotions from today's light this last week also talked about bringing things to the Lord in prayer. No matter what sins you need to confess, no matter what problems threaten to overwhelm you, no matter what the odds seem to be, God is with you. For what will you ask of him today? And I always have to remind myself, too, when we go to Jesus in need in prayer, he always answers, but only in two ways, and always in two ways. Either he gives you exactly what you're asking for, or else he gives you something even better. Maybe we should ask this morning exactly why was the man deaf? Could have been born deaf. He could have lost his hearing over a period of time. But something, something was wrong with his auditory system. I haven't done it for a while. I don't know. Remember when you were back in biology class? Maybe some of you had anatomy class. 
Remember when you studied the ear and all of its intricacies? Remember there was the outer ear, the middle ear, the inner ear? And then there are all sorts of things in there like the cochlea, the cochlear nerve. Remember the stirrup in the anvil, although it has different uh, Latin names for it? The semicircular ducts, which if something goes wrong in there, you get vertigo, you can't balance. The vestibular nerve, the tympanic membrane, all that really delicate and tiny, tiny stuff in there. And yet every day we go around, we take it for granted. One of those little itty-bitty things go wrong in your ear, and you might lose your hearing. Sometimes we have to say, as you take a look at the complexity of the human body, Lord, I will thank and praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so we ask the question, how could Jesus heal this man? Well, you could heal him because Jesus created the whole auditory system. From a little dirt on the garden floor, he made man and breathed into him the breath of life. Why was the man deaf? Something wrong with his auditory nerve, with the eardrum? The reality is that the man was deaf because of sin. Man's disobedience brought disabilities into this world. God never created his creatures to be disabled in any way. He created them to be perfect. Man's disobedience brought it on. You are dust, and to dust you will return. St. Paul says, We know that all creation has been groaning with the pains of childbirth up to the present time. We groan as we eagerly wait for adoption, the freeing of our bodies from sin. Sin and sickness and death is the result of man's disobedience. So when you take a look at all of it, garbage in the world and even health problems, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves. All the way back to Adam and Eve, inherited sin. And still, Jesus had compassion on the man. Many times, you know, Jesus would heal large groups of people at one time. Sometimes individually. This time, Jesus performed a very personal and private miracle of healing. He took some personal time to be alone with the man, and he did some personal sign language. I don't know why Jesus did it this way. He put his fingers in the man's ears. He spit. He touched the man's mouth and his tongue. Maybe that, and then he looked side and looked up to heaven. Maybe he was telling the man who couldn't hear as of yet, "Uh, I'm going to heal your ears. I'm going to heal your speech, and it's going to be given to you from above. Jesus is never too busy for just one person. Just one is important to Jesus. You are important to Jesus. And I do have to mention that once again because I read this somebody somewhere, but God knows he's got all of the hairs. To this minute point, he's got all of the hairs on your head numbered. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus just knows how many hairs are on your head, but he's numbered each one. He knows 327 from 256. That's how closely he knows you. 
So he says, don't be afraid. You're, you're, you're mine. I know your name. I've called you by name. Now, exactly how Jesus performed this miracle, we're told. It was a personal healing. He did some personal sign language. It was not sensational. It was very private. And we know how Jesus could do because he's the creator of the ear. The question is, why did Jesus do the miracle? I think there's a couple answers. Of course, Jesus did it out of compassion. He always felt for people. Jesus, of course, did his miracles as a sign, a sort of his credentials. This is who I am. I'm telling you, I am Emmanuel, God, with you. And to back it up, these are my credentials. But the other reason for which Jesus did his miracles was to fulfill God's prophecies. God's Old Testament uh, prophet, Isaiah, we read this morning, 700 years before Christ, says, The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unplugged, and those who cannot speak will shout for joy. God promised to send someone to unplug ears, open eyes, allow people to speak. And God kept those promises because God always keeps his promises. God kept his promises in the past. Every one of them. And that means that we can trust in his promises that he gives us for the future. One day... And I know it's tough getting there. And it's really tough getting there. My brothers and I always talk about this. You know, uh, they read a devotion. What happens if um, all of a sudden you won $6 million? Hey, supposedly everything's taken care of now, right? Well, what you do is you make, so if your finances are so secure, you make plans, what am I going to do today, tomorrow, what am I going to do with all this money, give it away, whatever. You got something better than a million dollars, you have heaven awaiting for you. But the problem is, it's tough getting there, right? But one day God promises us to provide a heavenly home where all disabilities will be a thing of the past. No more autologists, audiologists, ophthalmologists, oncologists, urologists, orthopedists, or dermatologists. All gone. Those guys are all out of a job. Finally, we come to the part of this reading where we hear about the response of the people who saw Jesus do the miracle. It says they were amazed. Uh, if you would have seen something like that, the guy for his whole life was deaf, and all of a sudden he's speaking and hearing and everything else, your jaw would drop. Perhaps they gasp. No surgery, no stitches, no recuperation, no cochlear implant, no pills, no antibiotics. Instantly and completely, he couldn't hear, now he does. And the people were amazed because they recognized this was no ordinary occurrence. And then the sad part of the event. Jesus told them, now, I don't want you to tell anybody about this. But they didn't listen. The more he told them not to tell, the more they told. Somebody says, oh, this was Jesus' reverse psychology. He really wanted them to tell. But Jesus always said what he meant and meant what he said. He said, don't tell anybody about this. And he meant it. 
Jesus told them not to tell because he knew at this particular time that if they did, they would mess up the message and the message about the messenger. And so it was. They went around telling everybody, come and see, come and see, the miracle worker, the miracle worker, the miracle worker. The message that Jesus wanted convey was conveyed was, come and see, the creator, the savior, the redeemer. Listen to him tell you the only way to life eternal. And so the bottom line is that Jesus did not come into our world to fix ears. He came into our world to fix a broken relationship between God and his human creatures. A, re a relationship which had deteriorated almost instantaneously in the Garden of Eden from one of love to one of hate. Psalm 5 says, God hates the workers of unrighteousness. St. Paul tells us the corrupt nature's attitude leads to death. This is so because the corrupt nature has a hostile attitude toward God. It refuses to place itself under the authority of God's standards because it can't. Without Jesus, God hates us. Without Jesus, we hate God. And the barrier standing between the two of us is sin. And so Jesus comes to perform the greatest miracle of all. And to those people who wanted a little bit more entertainment from Jesus... Then some scribes and Pharisees said, Teacher, we want you to show us another miraculous sign. He responded, The people of an evil and unfaithful era look for a miraculous sign. But the only sign they will get is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Jesus came into our world to be punished for our sin and the third day to rise again to conquer death. With sin punished, God can love us once again and through his forgiveness, he invites us to love him and serve him. But you can't do that on your own. Scripture says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Rather, God reveals those things to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit unplugs our deafness so that we can listen and believe. And you know, there's a whole lot of talk in the world today about recycling things, you know, to keep our planet clean. God also wants his word recycled. He wants his word regularly to go into our ears, into our brains, into our hearts, and then out again through our mouths. Hear it, think about it, believe it, and then tell it to others. God wants us to be like the disciples of old. You know, Jesus doesn't come to us today and say, don't tell anybody about this, don't tell anybody about this, because they would ruin the message. Today you know what the message is. A Savior who died and rose again for you to provide eternal life. And now he doesn't say, don't tell. Now he says, tell. You know what the message is. Because you and I have seen the sign of Jonah. So there it is. You see Jesus' miracle of the deaf mute. 
With this uh, piece of history, Jesus reminds us once again that when in need, call on Jesus and he always hears and answers. We know why he did this miracle, because to keep the promises of God, Jesus always keeps the promises of God. And to direct us that the message that we have heard and the Jesus that we have seen, we should tell others. Be witnesses. Testify about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of Cops Park, to the ends of the earth, and go tell them about the miracle worker, the miracle worker, the miracle worker, who is the Savior, the Redeemer, and the Creator. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. Oh, my God. 